Chapter 3 A Wonderful Contrast Under the Curse of God or a Child of God Which are you? For as many as are of the works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who continueth not in all things that are written in the book of the law to do them. Galatians chapter 3 verse 10 Scripture But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. John chapter 1 verse 12 What a sermon these two passages preach when placed side by side. They need little comment. They tell their own story and ought to produce their own effect. All who are of the works of the law under the curse of God. Let us look first at the dark side of the contrast. Scripture For as many as are of the works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who continueth not in all things that are written in the book of the law to do them. Galatians chapter 3 verse 10 Every man who is of the works of the law rests under a curse. Here a question of vital importance arises. What is meant by being of the works of the law? The context in which the words are found answers the question clearly and definitely. To be of the works of the law is to be seeking the favor of God and consequent salvation, life, and blessing by keeping the law of God and by our own good deeds. It is to be seeking the favor of God by our own righteousness, to be seeking salvation by character. It is to be seeking salvation as something due to us because of our own righteous works, instead of seeking it as a free gift of God by the grace of God, the unmerited favor of God. Those who are of the works of the law are all those who are seeking the favor of God and His blessing and His salvation by their own good deeds, by their own righteousness, and by their own character. All who are doing this are under a curse. Everyone who is doing this, every man and woman who is seeking salvation by their character on the ground of anything that you are or do, is under a curse. So God Himself declares this, in spite of all the reasonings and philosophizings of men, even though those men are leaders of thought in this wonderful twentieth century, wonderful in the self-satisfied conceit of its scientists, philosophers, essayists, and novelists, if in nothing else. Listen again to God's words. For as many as are of the works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who continueth not in all things that are written in the book of the law to do them. Galatians chapter 3 verse 10. Next, why are those who are of the works of the law under a curse? It is perfectly proper for us to ask that question, and God has been pleased to answer it even before we ask it. It is answered right here in our text. For as many as are of the works of the law are under a curse, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who continueth not in all things that are written in the book of the law to do them. The reason why those who are of the works of the law are under a curse is because the law, in order to get its blessing and the blessing of the author of the law, that is, God, demands absolute, perfect obedience. The law says, Keep me perfectly, and you shall be blessed. Keep me perfectly, and you shall live. 
but break me at any point and you shall die. He that does these things shall live by them, but cursed is everyone who continues not in all things that are written in the book of the law to do them. There is only one member of the human race who has ever perfectly kept the law of God, and that person is Jesus Christ. So no man but Jesus Christ can find life by his own doing. No man but Jesus Christ can be saved by character. To talk about anyone but Jesus Christ being saved by character is to talk the sheerest nonsense. If any of us should keep the law of God perfectly, absolutely perfectly, from the hour of our birth to the hour of our death, we would thereby obtain the favor of God and win eternal life by our own doing, by our own character. But not one of us has ever done it. No human being but Jesus Christ has ever done it. The moment any man, woman, or child breaks the law of God at any smallest point, that salvation by character, salvation by our own doing, becomes an absolute impossibility. And every man, woman, and child has already broken the law of God at some point. And therefore, if we are seeking God's favor by our own good deeds, by our own righteousness, by our own character, we are under a curse. No man here can stand up and say, I have kept the law of God perfectly. I never broke God's law at any point. There is not a man or woman here who has not only broken God's law, but has also broken the first and greatest commandment of God at some time. What is the first and greatest commandment of God's law? Listen to our Lord Jesus' own answer to that question. And he, Jesus, said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the great and first commandment. Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 through 38. Who can say, I have always kept that commandment? I have always put God first in everything. I have always put God first in business, politics, home life, social life, pleasure, and study. I have always put God first in everything. Who can say it? Be honest now. Be honest with yourself and be honest with God. You know you cannot say it. Every one of us has broken this great and first commandment. There is then no hope for any one of us on the ground of the law, our doing, our own character, or morality or merit. For as many as are of the works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, Cursed is every one who continueth not in all things that are written in the book of the law to do them. If we cannot get out of the sphere of the law into some other sphere, the sphere of grace, we are doomed and will ultimately be damned. How utterly foolish, then, is the man who expects to be saved by the law, by his own good deeds, and win eternal life by his good character or by his good deeds. For as many as are of the works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who continueth not in all things that are written in the book of the law to do them. Every man here who is counting on his own good deeds, his own morality, or his own good character to find favor with God, is under a curse. All who receive Jesus Christ, children of God. Now let's turn to the other side, the bright side of the contrast. Scripture, But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, 
even to them that believe on his name. John chapter 1 verse 12. The first side of the contrast is very dark, dark as midnight, pitch dark. But this other side of the contrast is very bright, bright as the full noon sunlight of the eternal day. But every man who is of the works of the law, depending on his own deeds and his own goodness for salvation, is outside of Christ and under a curse. On the other hand, every man who has thrown away all confidence in himself, his own doing and character, and has accepted Jesus Christ, is given the power to become a child of God. The word translated power in the authorized King James Version of this verse means more than what we usually attribute to the word. It means the authority or the right. The one who receives Jesus Christ, the incarnate Word of God, has not merely the ability to become a child of God, but he also has the God-given authority to become a child of God. It is the divinely bestowed prerogative of everyone who receives Christ Jesus to call himself a child of God. As John puts it in his first epistle, Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that is, upon believers in Jesus Christ, those who have received Jesus Christ, that we should be called children of God, and such we are. 1 John chapter 3, verse 1 only one condition is required to attain this immeasurably exalted authority, the prerogative and honor of becoming a child of God, and that is receiving Jesus Christ. Whosoever, anybody and everybody, receives Jesus Christ, the Son of God, instantly becomes a child of God. It doesn't matter what his past may have been. He may have been a very bad man or a very good man, he may have been a very religious man or an utterly godless and profane man. He may have been a very orthodox, intelligent believer in all the great fundamental doctrines of our faith. Or he may have been an utter heretic or foul infidel. But the moment he receives Jesus Christ, he instantly receives authority to become a child of God. Scripture But as many as received him, to them gave he the right to become children of God, even to them that believe on his name. John chapter 1 verse 12. Any man or woman tonight can get the God-given right to become a child of God in an instant. All you have to do is receive Jesus Christ. What does it mean to receive Jesus Christ? We need to be very clear and very sure about this. The Greek word translated receive means simply to take or to take to oneself to receive or accept what is offered. So to receive Jesus Christ means to take Jesus Christ to ourselves, to take him to be to ourselves all that he came into this world to be to us. What did Jesus Christ come into this world to be to anyone who would take him? The Bible answers that question with great plainness and great definiteness. First, Jesus Christ came into this world to be our sin-bearer, the one who bore our sins in our place to pay the penalty of our sins. We read in verse 29 of this same chapter from which our text is taken, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. To receive Jesus Christ means to take Jesus Christ to be our sin-bearer, the one who paid the penalty of our sins for us. Or, as Paul puts it in Galatians chapter 3, verse 13, American Standard Version, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, 
that we were under because we had broken it, having become a curse for us in our place. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. In the second place, Jesus Christ came to be our deliverer, not merely from the guilt of sin, but also from the power of sin. In John chapter 8, verse 34 and verse 36, authorized King James Version, we read, Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. If the Son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. So to receive Jesus Christ means to take him to ourselves, to be our deliverer from the power of sin, to give up all our self-efforts to deliver ourselves from the power of sin, and just look up to the risen Christ who has all power in heaven and on earth to deliver us from the power of sin. In the third place, he came to be our divine teacher and absolute Lord, who has a right to the absolute control of all our thoughts and desires and purposes and actions. In John chapter 13, verse 13, American Standard Version, our Lord Jesus is recorded as saying, Ye call me teacher and Lord, and ye say well, for so I am. Even in the Revised Version, we don't have an accurate translation of the Greek in this passage. What Jesus really said was, Ye call me the Teacher and the Lord, and ye say well, for so I am. So, to receive Him means to take Him to ourselves as the Teacher, the one and only absolutely authoritative Teacher. He is the one whom we shall believe rather than the whole world. If the world Every philosopher, scientist, university professor, sage, and poet says one thing, and Jesus Christ says another, we shall believe him instead of them. We shall believe the Lord, the one who is our divine and absolute Lord, to whom we hand over unquestioningly and unhesitatingly the absolute control of all our conduct in every area of life. We will bow the knee and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Philippians chapter 2 verses 10 through 11. When anyone receives Jesus Christ, takes him to be his sin bearer, and trusts God to forgive him because Jesus Christ made a full atonement for his sin by dying in his place and becoming his deliverer from the power of sin, he becomes a child of God. When a person gives up his self-efforts to overcome sin, and trusts the risen Christ Jesus alone to give him victory over sin, he can call himself a child of God. Jesus Christ becomes his inerrantly authoritative teacher whom he will believe instead of the world, and to whom he unquestioningly and unhesitatingly surrenders the absolute control of all his conduct in every area of life. He will bow his knee, confessing that Jesus Christ is Lord. Romans chapter 10 verses 9 through 10. The moment that anyone does this, that person gets the right and the authority which God himself bestowed upon him to call himself God's child. Anyone tonight who will do this can become God's child and become so at once. We do not become children of God by praying, by reading the Bible, by turning over a new leaf, by quitting our sins, by doing good deeds, or by leading holy lives. As good as all these things are, we become children of God by the one simple act of receiving Jesus Christ, 
taking him to be what he came into the world to be. As many as received him, to them gave he the right to become children of God, even to them that believe on his name. Even if we have never been to church before in our lives, never read a verse in the Bible, or never said a prayer, the moment we receive Jesus Christ, we have the right to be children of God. Even if we have never done one single good deed in all our lives, and our lives have been full of sin and vileness every day, the moment we receive Jesus Christ, we get the right, the authority given to us by God Himself, to become children of God. If, on the other hand, we go to church several times a week, read the Bible every day, and pray every morning, noon, and night, we cannot be children of God without Jesus Christ. If we give up every bad habit, give much to the poor, do all sorts of good deeds and avoid all sorts of sins, but do not receive Jesus Christ as our sin-bearer and deliverer from the power of sin, we cannot claim to be children of God. If Jesus Christ is not our authoritative and final teacher and our divine Lord, we are not and cannot become children of God. The right to sonship is in Jesus Christ, and you only get the right by receiving Him. If I put a thousand dollars in a package and then say to you, Here, if you take that package, you can have what is in it. If you took the package, you would get that thousand dollars. But if you did not take the package, you would not get that thousand dollars, no matter how many other great and good things you might do. No, God has put the right to sonship in a package, and that package is a person, Jesus Christ. If you take Him, you get it. If you refuse Him, you cannot get it, no matter how many other good things you may do. God makes this very plain in another place where He says, He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in him. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar, because he hath not believed in the witness that God hath borne concerning his Son. And the witness is this, that God gave unto us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He that hath the Son hath the life. He that hath not the Son of God hath not the life. 1 John chapter 5, verses 10-12 through 12. Look squarely, seriously, and intently at the contrast. For as many as are of the works of the law, trusting in their own works and not in Jesus Christ, are out of Christ and have not definitely received Jesus Christ. All, even the best of society without Christ, are under a curse. But on the other hand, as many as receive Christ, regardless of the past, the vilest as well as the best, get the authority to become children of God. To which class do you belong tonight? I do not ask you whether you have been good or bad, moral or immoral, religious or godless, orthodox or heretical, but are you trying to get to heaven by your own puny goodness or by trusting in what Jesus Christ has already done? Are you of the works of the law? Or are you of those who have received Christ and put their full faith in Him and Him alone? If you are the former, God's word says you are under a curse. If you are of the latter, God's word says that no matter what the past has been, you are His child tonight. Under a curse. What an appalling phrase. How those words make a thoughtful man shudder. Under a curse. What curse? Whose curse? 
It is the curse of the law of God which you have broken, and the curse of the God whose law you have broken. It is the curse of the law of the infinite, omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent, eternal, infinitely holy God, who made all the great worlds that go to make up our universe. This God upholds and absolutely controls that universe and all things in it. He holds the destinies of all individual men and all nations, the destinies of time and the destinies of eternity in His hand under the curse of the God in whose hand thy breath is, and whose are all thy ways. Daniel chapter 5 verse 23 Under the curse of God It is awful. It is appalling. It suggests that solemn and terrifying word spoken by Jesus Christ Himself in Matthew chapter 25 verse 41, American Standard Version. Then shall He say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into the eternal fire which is prepared for the devil and his angels. Now turn to the other side of the contrast. The right, the divinely given right to become children of God. How those God-breathed words make the intelligent heart bound and throb. The right to become children of God. Whose children? Children of God. Ah, what would it be for a ragged, starving street urchin to become a child of a king? But that is nothing, nothing at all in comparison with this. For you and me, moral derelicts such as we have been, sinners, poor and needy, weak and wounded, sick and sore, to become children of God. Not slaves, mind you, not servants, not retainers, not representatives, but children children of God. I thought it quite fine once when Mrs. Tory and I had the privilege of sitting at the table three times a day for a week or two, right beside the son of one of Europe's reigning monarchs, the prince and his wife, the princess. But to be a child of God, think of it. We cannot take it in, but I know that I am a child of God. Do you know that you are a child of God? You may become one, and you may know it within five minutes. Listen, but as many as received him, to them gave he the right to become children of God, even to them that believe on his name. John chapter 1 verse 12. Can it be true? Yes, beyond any question it is true. God himself says it. And it is not only true, but it is also open to you, open to any one of you, no matter how poor, ignorant, and wicked you may be, it is open to you right now. O oh, men and women, young men and maidens, step out right now from under the curse of God into the glory of becoming children of God. What must you do? Only this. Receive Jesus Christ, that is all. Take Him to be your sin-bearer, and trust God to forgive you because Jesus Christ died in your place. Take him to be your deliverer from the power of sin and trust the risen Christ who has all power in heaven and on earth to keep you day by day from sin's power. Take him to be your absolutely authoritative teacher and your divine Lord to whom you surrender the entire control of your life in all areas and to whom you bow the knee and confess that he is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That is all. Will you do it? Will you do it right now? 
There is no greater folly that any one can be guilty of than this. By our own free choice to remain under the curse, rather than to enter into the glory of becoming a child of God by just receiving Jesus Christ. No inmate of any insane asylum ever did a more insane thing than that. Will you receive Jesus Christ and become a child of God right now?